from KQED. Before we get to this week's episode, I have a favor to ask you, dear, dear listeners. Since you know a lot about us by this point, after 40 plus episodes, we naturally want to know a bit more about you and what you think of our show. Head on over to KQED Pop on Twitter to take our cute little survey. We really, really appreciate it. And now, on with the show. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Carly. And we're two of the hosts of The The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. So before we get started, two things to address. Yes. One, you may have noticed Jameter's not here. She is not. She is out of town. We miss her. So much. She's so great. But she did us a solid and pre-recorded a quiz with us that will be later in the episode. And she'll be back next week. Do not worry, Jamidra fans. And number two, as all of you know already, there was a tragedy in Orlando. We did not address that in the last episode because we pre-record these a week in advance. It's just how our schedules are. And we weren't able to speak on it last week, but we're going to talk about it today. Yeah, we have to. We can't come into a studio and pretend that something terrible has not happened when it has in fact happened. So Yes. Unfortunately for me, the shooting was not shocking because I rarely ever feel safe. And I think a lot of LGBT people could say the same. And so I wrote an essay about that. You can find it on KQD Pop. The headline of Emmanuel's piece is why the Orlando shooting isn't as surprising as you'd think. So that's what you Google to find it. And you should definitely Google it because it's great. And I'm sorry you had to write it, Emmanuel. And I'm sorry you had to read it. Don't be. (laughs) (laughs) So anytime something like this happens, there is this feeling of, okay, what's the proper way to grieve? And what do we do with ourselves? And what I've learned through this situation and through past situations that are similar is that everyone grieves in their own way. Some people take to Facebook. Some people take to community. Some people go inward. All of that's fine. And you can't really project onto other people a proper way to deal or handle with anything. Everyone's dealing with it in their own way. And we should all just be respectful and love each other because if anything was learned from that situation... More love could go a long way, and yeah, let's stop hating each other. It does kind of feels a little inappropriate. Not that it is, but it, it can't help but feel it, you know, coming into a studio and putting on our headphones and coming in here to make fun observations about pop culture like we do yeah. every week. But I did see a lot of people in the past few days talking about how they are finding solace, and some people find it in gathering. There have been vigils all around the Bay Area, people gathering, finding community. But I also see a lot of people finding comfort and solace in pop culture that we all love. Yeah. You know, people say, tonight I'm switching off my phone and I'm doing this. I'm watching this movie. I'm listening to this song. This is how I do it. And I really wanted us to start by talking about the pop culture because that's the point of our podcast that's what we come together to talk about every week the books the movies the music the people um, that we turn to for comfort because everyone has that one thing that when the world gets horrible they turn to and I think a lot of that is about comfort and when I talk about this I'm not talking about the way that like art can be created and used to like process tragedy and confront it because I think that's all about moving forward whereas I think so much of the comfort that your favorite pop culture gives you it's about going backwards it's about retreating and I don't mean going backwards in a negative sense it's going backwards into what you know what you can map out and it's into the familiar 
What's the thing that you retreat into, Emmanuel? So I go back to some things that you listeners could probably predict because I always talk about it. Oh, my kids, Gilmore Girls. <laughs> it's Gilmore Girls. <laughs> because if you've ever seen the show, they live in this really cozy town in New England and everything is tinted autumn. It's pre-Instagrammed for your pleasure. <laughs> yes. And, you know, they have some issues, but the issues are usually light. And They're pretty manageable. It's basically like my parents messed me up a little bit and... Who can't relate to that? And it's something we all deal with. But usually it's just hilarious and it is an escapist thing for me. And it also takes me back to when I first discovered it, how I was then, and just, yeah, going back to that time. So like you said, regressing in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I actually polled my friends on Facebook. Sorry, guys, you all <laughs> responded with no idea that I was actually researching a podcast. They're all so innocent. I know, I, I should have mentioned, but I asked people what was the thing that they retreated into for comfort during troubling times in the world. And I explicitly gave them the mandate that they did not have to be deep. Like, you really don't have to. Uh-oh. This is actually... <laughs> What's about to come? <laughs> And I don't know, it's so interesting seeing what people thought. Like so much of it was about childhood stuff. Childhood watches and books and movies kept coming up again and again. The Goonies came up a surprising amount. It's like represents 80s childhoods. I have One-Eyed Willie. Yeah. (laughs) And his treasure. (laughs) Like you don't have to be a psychologist to work out why that stuff is. It's like safety and innocence and simplicity. And so many people told me, oh, I watched this as a kid. And that's why Star Wars and the Goonies kept Mm -hmm. coming up again and again. It's like... An anchor as well. It, it kind of anchors you in the world. Like you live in the world where the Goonies still exists. Right. You know, you haven't gone through the looking glass. You're still mm-hmm. here and something really terrible happened, but you're still here and the Goonies are still here. Yeah. People had a lot of funny stuff as well. I realized that people turn to comedy so much. The day that the shooting happened, I stayed home and worked on a puzzle because I'm old. Ooh. I just got into puzzles. You cause... let your fight. When you say puzzles, <laughs> what do you mean? You know, a jigsaw puzzle oh with a, a thousand pieces. <laughs> And the visual is like a wood cabin covered in snow outside. It's like a Thomas Kincaid thing. It is awful and I hate it so much, but I also am obsessed. So I was doing that while listening to this new podcast called Two Dope Queens from WNYC. Don't people tell people to listen to other podcasts in the world? There are no other podcasts in the world. Oh, right. Yeah, Sorry. But if there were other podcasts in the world, it would sound like they this. would star Jessica Williams <laughs> and her friend Phoebe, who are comedians in New York, and they are funny by themselves, and then they host a show every week featuring other comedians and you get to hear all this comedy and so I was listening to that while doing my puzzle the day this happened and was laughing and like living and also jigsaw puzzling jigsaw puzzling and that's how I decided to get through it and my boyfriend left the house and went to this free farm stand and did the community thing and then we both met up at the visual afterwards like I said before everyone deals in their own way different things for different folks well, the comedy thing kept coming up again and again. One person told me that Evil Dead 3, Army of Darkness, is their comfort watch. And huh. I quote, because the absurd deserves the absurd. Mm-hmm. Fighting fire with fire. I absolutely love that. Someone else cited the Rocky Horror Picture Show, yeah. which I think is an awesome choice for so many reasons. Yeah, you, you don't even need to explain. Exactly. So nothing wrong with comedy. Retreat yeah. into it. My particular comfort watch myself is a movie called Gross Point Blank, which I first watched at a very impressionable age. And it stars a very young, good-looking John Cusack as as a hitman. And I just know every word of this movie off by heart. And the soundtrack's amazing as well, because it's all about growing up in the 80s as well, although it's not set in the 80s. So it's like the clash and the specials. And it's just brilliant. And I discovered it at this perfect age that it made me feel really cool. And I watch it now and I feel really happy. I want to feel cool and happy. 
Um, I'm about to tell you, just like you've never seen one of my favorite movies, Sound of Music, I've never seen this movie. Oh, really? So (gasps) I will do my homework and watch this. Please Partly because I want to feel cool and happy. Partly because I want to understand your mind a little better. Indeed. Also, not everyone seeks comfort from their pop culture. I found that out. One person both you and I know who is, in fact, the music critic for this very station, KQED, Mm -hmm. said that he actively shuns anything comforting in favor of, and I quote, cacophonous free jazz and hardcore. (laughs) I just want something that, again, and I quote, reflects and amplifies the chaos. (laughs) Uh, I think he's proud of that, I and he so. should be. He should say. Cacophonous, yes. I get it as well. Sometimes you're like, ah, oh, I don't want the easy answer. What do you blast if you're going through something? Oh, that's a good question. I what? can go first if you need to collect your thoughts. Please do. I probably shouldn't go first because it's embarrassing. But if I want to calm myself, maybe I'll put on some, like, Joanna Newsom, like, paint a picture mm-hmm. for me of, like, this idyllic world where woodland creatures can talk and stuff. But for me, it's just, like, dumb pop music. Britney circa 2001. I'm going to go and see Britney on Saturday. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) You cannot contain that. I couldn't. But yeah, like third album Brit, I'm a Slave for You era. That's like boys overprotected. All those jams, crank it up. I do feel overprotected. Sometimes I do need a boy, etc. Britney feels me. I feel her. And not in a sexual way. I'm a big Blackout fan, actually. I thought Britney's Blackout album was Oh, it's amazing. It's so good. I'm trying to think what my crank it up loud. I think probably Bowie. Yeah. Young Americans or Modern Love, which, as you can imagine, made dealing with the death of David Bowie even harder because I couldn't even put on Young Americans or Modern Love. Yeah. Adding to my list, MIA, because she always is angry about justified things. Yes. And I could just crank it up and be in solidarity with her. Do it. Yeah. Righteous anger with MIA for sure. Bad boys. Bad boys do it well. I think it's bad girls. (gasps) You are sexist. I've been singing bad boys all this time. Girls can't be bad. You've been brainwashed by the patriarchy to believe it was about bad boys, (laughs) but it's actually about girls. (laughs) Bad girls do it well. Bad boys do it well. That's what they do. Maybe you were thinking of P. Diddy and the Bad Boy Records. How have I been singing along to bad girls (laughs) singing bad boys? Oh, my God. I've been actively blanking out. I'm like, nope, I think I know better, even though you're (laughs) singing it right now. Also, side note, this is one of the reasons that the song Jai Ho by Pussycat Dolls infuriates me because they have A.R. Rahman singing behind them, singing Jai Ho, and then the Pussycat Dolls come on and sing Jai Ho. It's like, did you not hear he just sang (laughs) Jai Ho? And that's what I've been doing to MIA for a decade. So you and Nicole Scherzinger... Are on the same plane in listening comprehension. Do you know she's really famous in the UK? Really? Yeah, there's certain... We're just like the dustbin of history, basically. So it's like if someone couldn't make it over here... Sorry, Nicole. But if, <laughs> if you couldn't be famous in America, if you couldn't crack America despite being American, you kind of get shipped over to the UK in some kind of cultural exchange program. I think we have to give you back one of ours. Yeah. I think that's how it works. Um, Isn't that Sam Smith? That is... <laughs> We want you to take him back. Please do. I mean, if S Club 7 could be popular in England, then anyone can make it. Like, if you and I go back to live there, we could probably be a crazy, successful duo. Listen, as they say about England, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Mm -hmm. So in summary, we're all trying to get through this together. Pretty much. 
things suck, but some things don't, and you should indulge in those and find comfort in that and in each other, and we're going to be okay. You do you. Also, we would love to know what comforts you retreat into. So tweet us at KQED Pop, or if you'd like to do it personally, I'm at Teacup in the Bay, and Emmanuel is at Excuse My Beauty without the first E. That is true. Let us know. Tweet us. Hi, folks. A very quick side note before the next segment that we play you. This is a pre-recorded fun quiz with uh, Jamidra that we recorded with her before she went out of town. And obviously, we recorded it before the events of Sunday, June 12th. So it's pretty light and bouncy and probably a little bit lighter and bouncier than we would have done had we been doing it this week. So with that caveat, enjoy. Well, folks, so the other day while I was online strolling around looking at a few posts. <laughs> strolling around the internet. <laughs> strolling around the internet. I stumbled upon this one post that sort of reminded me of a few celebrity couples that used to be together that we forgot about. Oh, my God. And there used to be a Tumblr called Old Loves, which is just old archive Ooh. photos of people who used to be in love but are now no longer in love because love dies and everything dies. I remember you <laughs> sent that to me one day and, like, my whole work day was shocked. I didn't get anything done. I was like, you really? Them? No. Oh, what? I know. So I decided that I would come into the studio and I would test your pop culture knowledge Ooh. and see oh. if you could determine which celebrities dated. So most of these celebrity couples are from the 90s. So you'll have to like jog your memories. <sighs> favorite think yeah. back. Take a deep breath. Clear your mind. Work on your SAT strategy because it's I multiple choice. You got it? Yeah. Got it. All right. So we'll start with Michelle Rodriguez. Okay. <gasps> oh, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. So Michelle Rodriguez was rumored to have dated this actor after meeting him on the set of a film they worked together on in 2003. I know, miss. I know. Can I answer? Mm, A. (laughs) Robert Downey Jr. Okay. B. Colin Farrell. Uh Uh-huh. Or C. Hugh Jackman. So if you know, I'll answer first so you don't spoil me. Okay. Because I have no idea. I'm going to go with... Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. I could see it. I will also go with B, Colin Farrell, because I believe this was a period in which Colin Farrell was a very prolific flirt, shall we say? (laughs) He also had a little dalliance with Britney Spears. Damn it! That's on the quiz! Dude, this quiz could just be people that Colin Farrell yeah, has yeah. Uh, well, dallied during, with. During my research, I was like, Colin Farrell. There was a name that just kept popping up. Mm-hmm. Colin Seriously. Farrell, Colin Farrell. Okay, well. <clears throat> he had such a time of it. What a time to be alive for Colin Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently they met on the, the set of SWAT. Do you remember that movie? Oh, my God. I fell asleep during it. Yeah. Mm, well, yeah. they didn't, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> fell asleep afterwards, if exactly. you know what I'm saying. Question two. Sofia Coppola. Okay. She dated this actor... After her father directed him in a 1992 film, A, Leonardo DiCaprio, Hmm. B, Jake Gyllenhaal, Hmm. or C, Keanu Reeves. God, I don't actually know that one. That's really embarrassing. Hmm. Who would Sofia Coppola go out with? Jake Gyllenhaal, Leonardo... It's not Leonardo DiCaprio, I'll tell you that for free. You don't think so? Oh, you're looking at me like it might be. I'm just saying, that guy gets around. 1992, so who did Francis Ford Coppola direct in 1992? I mean, Keanu would have been old enough at that time. I know it. Yes, I've got it. And I'll show my working out after okay. Emmanuel has answered. Show your work. <laughs> pencils it. down. Number got two it. pencils down. Oh, God. <laughs> this is just a joy. 
Um, come on, you can do this. I think it was Keanu. I'm going to agree with Emmanuel because I think that Francis Ford Coppola directed Keanu in the terrible Dracula movie. You're in right. Okay, two for two. You guys are two for two. Hello. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Boom. Uh, but can you imagine? I'm Ooh, to, like the picture of them together. It's quite the pairing. Like, yeah. I almost didn't guess him because he seems like older than her. Really? Because yeah. he talks like this all yeah. the time. But hey, look, guys, please leave off Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan. Are of you? I am. Okay, I have not rocked with him since Speed. Now, Speed. I was like, yes. I was like, who is Speed 2? You were like, who's this guy? <laughs> but, whoa, tell me that you're a Point Break fan. Mm. <gasps> oh, God. Speed. Should I get the swords? All you get he the swords. gives get from me is speed. All right, question three. After his very public divorce from Jessica Simpson, oh, Ow. Nick Lachey. Nick Lachey went on a date with this reality star. Oh, oh. No. A, last from the past, Tila Tequila. Whoa. Ew. B, Kim Kardashian. No. Or C, Nicole Richie. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to guess Nicole Richie. I don't know. I'm just going to guess Nicole. That seems right because she had some desperate years and he had some desperate years. So. <laughs> years in the wilderness. Well, break the internet. Well, <gasps> because it was no Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. Whoa. You know what? I should have known. Here's why. Go on. Nick and Jessica filmed their reality show mm-hmm. in Calabasas. Oh, Grand Zero for celebrities. Kardashians yeah. live. So, of yeah. course, they ran into each other at the Mini Mart or the Starbucks, and they got it in. That was very, like, Animal Kingdom of you. <laughs> like, that is where Kardashians live. That's the watering this hole. This is the natural habitat for mm-hmm. Kardashians. <laughs> you can go on a safari. It's called Celebrity Tours. Wonderful. I will. Open air. Just be careful because Kris Jenner attacks sometimes. She does. Calabasas. Jeez. So I'm going to give you this one. We'll see if you can figure it out. Before his engagement to Black China, Rob Kardashian dated the following. Okay. Pop star Rita Ora, former 3LW slash Cheetah Girl slash The Real Co-host Adrian Balion, or model and entrepreneur Angela White. I think it was Rita Ora. In fact, I know it was Rita Ora. And you know what I'm going to say? I know it was Rita Ora and Adrian. (gasps) Oh! Oh, you did a sneaky surprise attack. And the third one? Yes! No! <laughs> that was a you trick question. You are too much. That was a trick question. He dated all of them. I'm not surprised that you tried to trick us, but I am surprised he could get all three of those girls. Well, that's what I, I put that in there because I wanted you to know. Because people want to yeah. act like Rob is not pulling socks or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's not just socks. They want to act like Black China's just settling for Okay. All. Before her marriage to Justin Timberlake... Here we go. Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel dated the following actor. Chris Evans, a.k.a. Captain America. Mm. That is so Aryan. Like, I can't even. (laughs) Bradley Cooper. Aryan, again. Channing Tatum. I love Channing Tatum. Me too. I love him so much. Like, words cannot describe how much I love Channing Tatum. He's one of my faves. He really is. And he can dance as well. Mm -hmm. And he's funny. He seems like he's funny. Him and his wife are the hottest couple ever. Yeah. No, I digress. Sorry, I just really <laughs> A fantasy like, bubble just popped up. Getting like slightly sad with the amount of love I have for him. Uh, so I, I don't think it's him. I think it's Bradley Cooper. Okay. I think it is Chris Evans. Hmm. And you would be right, sir. Yeah. It was Chris Evans. It's very catalog, right? <laughs> what kind of catalog? <laughs> JCPenney's or Mervyn's? Or a neo-Nazi. <laughs> I was like, 
That's where I was going. You, you went Taylor Swift with that one. Oh, yep. Read the post to know what we're talking about. KQED Pop, read the post. Um, <laughs> the reason why I thought it was him is because, do you remember he was in some like movie? He had whipped cream on his oh. nipples I, and his genitals. I thought that was uh, James Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek. No. No, it wasn't him. And so that was... Like, he had a moment then, and Jessica Biel was on 7th Heaven back then, so I'm like, okay, they probably crossed over. Yep. All right, I'm going to Hollywood royalty right now. Before his marriage to Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith dated the following. Vivica A. Fox. Okay. (laughs) Nice uh, nice bluffing there, Emmanuel. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Tyra Banks. Ooh. Stacey Dash. Oh, shit. I genuinely don't know. It just feels like he's been with Jada for so long. I know, right? That's what I said. I was like... I'm going to say Vivica Fox. Okay. Carly. I'm going to say Tyra. You're right. It was Tyra. Wow. (gasps) Although... Tyra Mel. Stacey played his girlfriend in an episode. And Vivica Fox played his wife in Mm -hmm. Independence Day. Independence Day. And on side note, I don't know if you guys have seen this cute little photo of Will Smith and Mariah Carey. No. I have. She it's has curly adorable. hair. Oh, it's like them in the 90s, it. like oh. hugging. And, and yeah, it, it's so adorable. So Google it. In the early aughts, <laughs> <laughs> Bradley Cooper was married oh. to the following actress. Jennifer Esposito, who was in Crash. I don't know if you guys saw the movie Crash, but she's sort of like... I don't know her. <laughs> right, Mariah. I wish I didn't know the movie Crash. <laughs> You've seen Crash, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was in Crash. It stole the Oscar from Brokeback. Two, two, two hours of my life it? I'll never get back. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, she starred in that. Okay. Marissa Tomei from My Cousin Vinny. Or Nia... Help me, it's Greek. Nia... Vardalis. Vardalis. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Nia Vardalis from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Uh, he okay. was married... To one of these women. Okay, I'll let Emmanuel. I, I'm, going, I'm going full I'll, all shopped in this episode. I will let Emmanuel uh, answer because I actually know the answer. I'm going to go smiling. with, I don't know her, option A. Okay. He's right. It's Jennifer Esposito. Yes, they were married. And it ended under very interesting circumstances. What? If you'd like to Google it, people, we probably won't talk any more about that Uh-oh. on the Ooh. podcast. It's all speculation and rumor. Is it the, like Amber Heard level? No, no, no. Oh, it, okay. it, that she may have caught him in. Uh, Oh, compromising position? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. With a man? Bradley. With someone who wasn't her. Oh, okay. They could be. That works. And <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly, Google the rumors. I'm just saying. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Drew Barrymore. Love her. Was married to this comedian for 163 days. I know. Mm. Should we just say it? Nah, I'm just going to say it. Tom, Tom Green. Tom Green. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I had some interesting choices for you. Could you see her with Dane Cook? Yeah, I could. Or Andy Dick? Oh. <laughs> You really thought we would fall for that? <laughs> Andy I was Dick. born yesterday, you Reverend. Might, you might as well have said carrot top. Like, what? <laughs> all right. So clearly you guys know all the answers to this quiz. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be back with the tougher quiz. <gasps> what? That you will surely fail in a few weeks. So get your number two pencils ready. It wait. will be sharpened. <laughs> Scantron's ready. And so will we. Our minds will be sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it. So, Jamita and I here to do the little, is it ticker tape? What it's do like you call that? Yes. That sounded more like the William Tell overture. That's the remix. So for this episode, it could just be that. Go for it. 
Now time for our obligatory news story of the week. And too soon. <laughs> we'll do better next time. Do better. Demetra, come back. We need you now more than ever. <laughs> things are falling apart. It's like IKEA furniture a year in. Question, did things fall apart like this when I was away? I sense that they did not. Well, here's the thing. When you went away, Ann Friedman Oh, yeah, you subbed me in with... Anne Friedman. Talk about <laughs> knocking down my self-esteem. Oh, Carly's away. We'll get Anne Friedman from Call Your Girlfriend to stand in. Yeah, for no big deal. <laughs> and I was getting like drunk in my hotel closet on red wine recording segments to send you with my iPhone. Yeah. And I actually played one of them. Thanks a lot. Only one because I care about you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could tweet the other one. Yeah, sure. It's a fun bonus feature. Totally. So the story I have for you today. Oh, this is one of your mad jaunts down memory lane, isn't it? Oh my gosh. In 1830, this happened. Actually, it's early 1900s, but yeah, it's a bit old. I found it on Atlas Obscura, a blog. Sounds made up. It is about this woman named Walburga. Take that in. Walburga. Walburga. Her nickname is Dolly. All women's nicknames were Dolly in the (laughs) 30s. Come on. Exactly. So Walburga slash Dolly. Mark Walburga. (laughs) Yes. Or Donnie. I think there is a relation there. She was born in Germany and then emigrated to America Uh and grew up on some poor farm. By the time Walburga Dolly turns 30. Which is like ancient in 1930s terms, right? She might as well hang it up. (laughs) They're just like, woof, where's your husband? She was like, hey, found him. His name is Fred Osterreich. Osterreich. Yeah. Scary. He's Austrian, doesn't it? Maybe. I don't know. He's filthy rich. So good going Walburga. Sehr rich. Do you know what he does for a living? I think he farms sheep. He owns an apron factory. No. A factory that makes aprons. Just aprons. Which is apparently a lucrative business because he was like a millionaire or something. So she marries this guy. She soon finds out that money can't buy you class, to quote the Countess Luann from The Real Housewives. But it also can't buy you happiness either because Moneybags was a crazy drunk. Oh, no. So Dolly becomes very lonely and sexually unsatisfied. <gasps> Not good. She no. Would, she wanted to write her lemonade, but she wasn't musical, I guess. So aye, she aye. did something different. Uh-oh. In 1913, her husband sends a 17-year-old boy named Otto over to the house because Dolly said her sewing machine is broken. Well, and that was not a euphemism. It could count as one when you hear the rest of this. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, where do you find these stories? I know. So it's 1913. I thought it was yeah. the 30s. We'll get to the 30s because this is decades-long saga. Whoa. Yeah. Long con. Whew. Long con. Lay it on me. And con for convict. Spoiler. <laughs> TLDR. Yeah. So this guy shows up to her house. Otto. Yeah. It was also German, it sounds like. Everyone in the Midwest apparently was from Austria and Germany. Like, what? I didn't know. Neither did I. I did not know. So Dolly opens the door in nothing but a robe and stockings. (gasps) Yes. Dolly? Yes. She took it there. She was like, you know what? He's always drunk. He does not please me. There's a boy coming. We'll see what we can do with that. Alice Klar. So he never fixed the sewing machine, but he fixed something else. Oh, for goodness You know what I mean. And I think you do. I think I (laughs) do. So Otto was into it, obviously. They start having an affair. (laughs) They would meet in hotels, but that's expensive and inconvenient. Don't you want to just stay in your house slippers and, you know, 
House call? I don't want to go to the extended stay value America or whatever it's called. Nope. So they said, F it. And they started banging in her real bed <laughs> that she shares with her husband. The neighbors began to talk by seeing him coming and going. And she starts saying that he is her, quote, vagabond half-brother. Oh. Weird. Very weird. So they were talking a lot of smack. And she was like, OK, I need to hatch a plan. So she approached Otto with a proposition. It went something like this. Hey, boo. <laughs> I think she used boo in those days. Want to live in my attic? My ball and chain never goes up there. We can have sex whenevs. And my neighbors can go back to talking about some other lady on the street. Oh, by the way, you won't ever be able to leave the house and you'll only see me for the next decade. This is psychotic. It is. And so normally someone would say no to that. No, nine. Otto was like, sign me up. Where do I sign? Let's <laughs> Where do, do I this. sign? Is this the way up? Okay, great. I'll see you when I see you. What were Otto's circumstances? He's 17. He's making his way in the world. He's fixing sewing machines and ladies. Yeah. He worked in her husband's factory. The apron factory. Yeah. So he quit his job there and then moved into this attic, never to come down because he's hiding. <laughs> Why are you telling me this? <laughs> it gets so much crazier. So this went on for five years. Oh, my God. And then her husband starts to think he's losing his mind or something. Because he can hear footsteps. He hears footsteps. He sees shadows under his door. His cigars are missing. That's really creepy. From his point of view, it's a ghost story. Yeah. And so he's like, I want to move to L.A. and get away from this haunted, miserable place. The amount of times I've said that. He's like, I want to move to L.A. And Dolly says, I'm only moving if our next house has an attic. No. He says, oh, totally. We'll set it up. She figures out the address, sends Otto before they even move in. And he's set up chilling in their attic before they even get there. This woman has zero <laughs> chill. Zero chill, but making it work. I'm hustling. I respect the hustle. Respect it now because things get dark very soon. Oh, God. When they're in L.A., Dolly's relationship with her husband starts to deteriorate more. Oh, because it was drinking so more. Yeah. yeah. And on August 22nd, 1922, they get into a crazy fight. He sounds really heated, so much so that Attic Dweller hears... And fears for Dolly's life. And so he comes out of his hiding hole, takes two weapons, and kills the husband. Oh, God. Then they're like, what do we do? It's not a perfect murder. I'll this say is that. bad. Yeah. So they're like, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll take one of his diamond watches away so that it seems like it's in home invasion. We'll, like, mess some things up. No. And then Otto locks Dolly in a closet and leaves the key in it. Like, there's no way she could have done it. So he goes back up to the attic. Cops come. They're like, I mean, looks legit. You inherit millions. Go on your way, widow. That's all. Can we check the attic? No? Okay. We'll yeah. be on our way. Mm -mm. So why has a film not been made of this? Maybe it's up to us. I will play the part of Otto, the strapping young 17-year-old apron <laughs> merchant. I want to be the like loser cop who didn't realize what was happening. <laughs> like the schlubby guy like yeah. throwing like uh, 1913 donuts at Yeah, just like so lazy. Like, eh. I guess I don't have to, like, search the perimeter or anything. Yeah. Or you could be, like, one of those horrible cops in uh, in the Angelina Jolie film Changeling, which is also set in early 20th century L.A. Whoa. Yeah. Maybe her Changeling missing son was Otto, and he was just in an attic, and she didn't know where he was. Changeling 2. As if this story isn't weird enough. At this point, he's dead. They can live together in the house and not in the attic. Yeah, everything's fine. Carry everything's on. Yeah. But they don't carry on. Otto goes back to live in the attic in secret. Dolly starts dating around. Otto probably doesn't know how to live anywhere else but an attic at this point. Yeah. He also said later 
that he was, quote, her sex slave, God. and he was imprisoned by his love for her. So he was consenting, but in this bizarre submission domination vibe. In this kind of, like, weird Stockholm syndrome kind of way. Maybe some of that, too. So she starts dating and she starts dating her lawyer, which it's a little too close to home. Like he knows all the intricacies of yeah, the case. That's not good. She gives him the diamond watch that went missing because the robbers took it. And Dolly. he's like, uh, this is the watch. What's up? And she's like, oh, I found it under a couch cushion. I didn't think it was a big deal. I didn't mention to the cops. So he just like lets that go for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Idiots all over the place. And then she gave a different boyfriend the murder weapon. So he could go to the La Brea tar pits and throw it in. She's a sicko. So after breaking up, gun disposer boyfriend tells all to the cops. So the jig was up, right? Yep. And she goes to jail. Yep. No, she doesn't go to jail. (laughs) (laughs) She got off because of one small detail. Off on a technicality, the classic mistake. How would Dolly have locked herself in the closet? Wait, they don't know about Otto. Exactly. So no one knows. So they're like, we have to let her off. There's no way. Hands are tied. My hands are tied. That's what the judge is saying. Yeah. So the lawyer boyfriend that she gave the watch to was thoroughly creeped out, but not so thoroughly because he stuck around. (laughs) During the hearings when she thought she was going to jail, she said, um hey, can you make sure to feed my vagabond half-brother who's in the attic? He goes up there, meets Otto. Otto hasn't talked to another man in a decade. Lawyer boyfriend is like, get out of here. Otto goes to Canada. Many years later, the lawyer and Dolly finally break up in a really messy way. The lawyer goes to the cops and says, hey, Otto was a thing. He probably put her in the closet. They killed him, whatever. Otto, unfortunately, has terrible timing and just moved back to L.A. Oh, Otto. So they're both arrested and they both go to jail. And while in jail, she arranges to have him kept in a tiny attic (laughs) in the cell. Except they don't go to jail. Oh! Because of another small technicality. These guys are the worst. Statute of limitations, seven years. It had been eight. So they both get off. And Dolly marries again. Lives out her life with this guy for the next 30 years. Love and life. Yeah. And Otto disappears because the media was just like obsessed with the story and they called him. Oh, I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) They called him the Batman of Los Angeles. And he thought he would just be like a romantic hero. Like, I did it for my love for her. And people were more freaked out. Yeah. And someone said he was a, quote, perjurer of his own soul. Oh, my God. Damn. So In Otto's defense, though, 17 is young to start all these shenanigans. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't tie my own shoelaces at 17. Ooh, so next time you see, like, a scandal that we care about for, like, one day, like, Black China did blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Think about Dolly. She was doing it up Us Weekly style. She would have been all the pages of Us Weekly. This story is insane, and it's my obligatory news story of the week. Who is going to play Dolly in the film of her life? Hmm. Hmm. Who's in control of her life? <laughs> I could see Charlize Theron doing it because yes. I've seen a photo of this woman. It's like a monster element. Oh, like oh. Not, not that much, yeah. but like she would have to transform a little bit. She's good at that. She can do that. Yeah. I've got Otto. Who? Zach Efron. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Contact yes. us now. We're going to be executive producers, by the way. Seriously. We want our credit. Me and Mrs. Jones. Got a 
so it's customary that we end every episode with a song. Yes, it is. This week, it's a song by an NYU student, which I only found out about because there's this video online of Pharrell going to NYU to listen to music created by these students. The video is only this one girl who is from the Eastern Shore of Maryland, my home state. Yep. And her name is Maggie Rogers. And she goes up there and talks about her process a little bit and then plays the song for Pharrell. And he is just overcome. He cries a little bit. Oh, God. They listen to the whole track. He's just getting chills and keeps like looking at her incredulous. And she's nervous because he's famous and she doesn't know if this thing she made is important. And afterwards, he's just like, I can't even tell you how amazing that was and how powerful it is. And you're amazing and you're going to be something. And I don't hear this kind of thing that often. You're an artist. Own that. Keep going. And she was just so excited to hear that. And it's a great, great song. It's something I would listen to. Even if it hadn't been in a viral video. Yeah. And so it's unfinished currently, but it's called Alaska. And let's listen to it now. Let's hear it. That's our show for this week. Don't forget to take our survey, which is pinned to the top of our Twitter page at KQD Pop. Please fill it out. Let us know what you think. Tell us a little about yourself, your thoughts, your dreams, aspirations, crushes, whatever. Favorite emoji? Bring it. Thanks to our podcast papa, David Marcus. Thanks to Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs for our amazing theme song that you hear at the beginning of the show. Thank you to Howard Gelman behind the glass. And thanks to Jay Simpson for helping me edit. Please subscribe on iTunes. Also rate us if you like us. If you don't, um, you never heard this. Until next week, find us on social media. I am Excuse My Beauty without the first D on Twitter. I am at Teacup in the Bay. I am at Jamitra Says. Follow us. Favorite our stuff. Retweet. Bye. Bye. Bye.